हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब द फॉलोइंग इज अ कॉन्वर्सेशन विद खलील अलाशार a dancer par excellence budding from the little island in the persian gulf called bahrain khalil alashar has been able to grasp the authenticity and professionalism in kathak in a very short span his talent and dedication has made him excel in his passion allocating him performances and workshops internationally and yeah before we get started i do want to if i remember correctly i remember when when prajakta tai came on the show she remembered talking to you and you know and she had a really good impression of of your dance and that's kind of what inspired me to reach out to you in the first place so do want to acknowledge that yes of course she has also been uh, a very very supportive uh, figure and uh, dancer we met uh, briefly at, at a performance in the us mm-hmm. uh, in 2018 and uh, i just kind of stayed in touch of hi hello nice to meet you it was good meeting you and hopefully in the future we'll meet in india and she um i was going to india for a trip and i'm sure we'll discuss that later uh she just said when are you coming do you need any help how are you getting to, from the airport to the city and she just went out of her way i i was just in awe of the 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 way she reached out without even really knowing me so mm-hmm. yes she she has a special uh place in my career i should say yeah thanks for sharing that background khalil and since you talked about meeting people uh, that's kind of my question for you like when people meet you for the first times i'm very curious are there certain assumptions people make about you that they get wrong or right wanted to get into that a bit <laughs> yeah um well the first thing uh, the assumption is uh, where are you from and i say well i'm from bahrain they, they say okay but where in india i said no i'm not indian you got that wrong i'm from bahrain so that is a big shocker to people whether i'm meeting them in bahrain or in india or anywhere else like you're not indian uh okay they pause for a second and then they just try to gather their thoughts and re i, f- I feel like the rephrasing everything in their mind and it's a, it's a shocker so they're like uh, how did you get into this and they're just more and more curious about it hmm yeah i think that if, if you go in some with an assumption and then that just go, gets blown off it does throw people off that way um so yeah. that kind of brings me to my next question khalil so it's one thing do you know have have a south asian background maybe and come and come in with and and learn kathak that way uh now for you having a bahraini background how did you uh, how do you absorb kathak differently or what was what's it like for you um when i got into kathak i of course had no idea mm-hmm. what it is and i simply got in for the for a, for a, because i love to dance and for an activity to do on the weekends uh and because i got pulled to it when i saw the the bungus and the, the number of the bungus on each ankle and that just really attracted to me initially attracted it to me initially mm-hmm. uh um uh, how do i say this um i came into it with an open mind hmm. not expecting anything and i just completely i let myself be open and i let myself absorb it um then i found out that okay this is something totally different from my culture how i was raised um it's just something totally different and i was very very curious uh so that curiosity got the best of me and i got into it and my uh, initial guruji was very very helpful hmm. very um open to having um, a male student 
uh, from a completely different background. And she also, what, what helped is she always said, I understand this is different, but the story of, for example, uh, Ganesh, how he mm -hmm. got his elephant head. Um, this is the story behind it. This is what uh, mythology t tells us. And this is what people believe and how it's done in India. Mm. So she she really didn't impose anything. Uh, so that made me feel comfortable. Yeah. And um, later I felt I felt include, included basically. Mm. So so that that really helped me get through and uh, explore a little more. Later, mm. a few years down, I saw myself just going and looking up uh, more and more stories about mythology. And I was more curious than ever because it mm. just there's no end to it. <laughs> be it mythology or be it Patak um, in general. So um, I would say I, I give the credit to my Guruji, uh, mm. um for for uh, embracing me in, in every aspect, I shall say. Hmm. Embracing in every aspect. That's a pretty good thought. And since you spoke of Ganesha, I'm very curious about this reel. So, say for me, I, I a lot of the uh, a lot of the stories around India I learned because AI is growing up, and I learned a lot of it from Amar Chitra Katha. So, like the comic book series, and you know, part of it is growing up, part of it discussing with your friends. Most of the Mahabharata I learned like after discussing with my friends and going to wikipedia now as you uh, throughout your Kathak journey what sources have you found reliable or an easy way to or, or not easy like for you to for, for you to digest those stories and which which ref, what stories have you been yeah what not stories what references or sources have you found yourself going back to and finding them consistent and reliable for you to kind of incorporate that into your mm. dance and teaching very curious about that initially i didn't uh, I didn't look up things. Right. Um, all I did was Google. Okay, who is Ganesh? Who is Krishna? Who 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 these people are? Mm -hmm. And briefly read about it. But I completely relied on my teacher initially and on the dances we learned. Understood. Um, I kind of didn't want to spoil the fun in the journey for myself. And I thought, let it just be organic and learn as I go. That was helpful for me. And later, I I, I started questioning myself. I'm like, why am I not going and finding out, uh, researching? Um, because I, I, was, I was just like, okay, why, why am I not just looking into this thing? Um, and then I saw a post by uh, Anushka Shankar. And she said, initially, the student should just learn it as it is. And uh, she was talking about her journey when she started. Um, take it as it is, learn the whole bandish as it is, and just, just don't think too much about it. Once you've gotten this much amount of knowledge, say worth five, six years, your teacher will then push you to experiment more think about it more come up with your own ideas for example but initially just let it sink in the way it is don't question it even you know that's fine if you don't question doesn't make you any less smart so that really resonated and i thought okay let it be organic then that was the initial stages uh, later, I found myself uh, getting more curious, and in college, I majored in religious studies, okay? Um, and of course, I found myself getting pulled more towards the classes about Hinduism or Buddhism or religions of India or the Eastern religions, so that... Um, and I had amazing professors. So that got me a little more curious. Uh, we had an amazing library at school. Um, and I just started reading random stories, uh, random books out there, not necessarily looking for a specific answer, but just exploring things out. 
And one of the most interesting things that I came across was a book called The Sword and the Flute. Um, what, what is this? What, what do you mean? And uh, it said the story of Pali and Krishna. And that was amazing. Uh, first of all, reading it the first time, I couldn't understand what's going on. But it was really um, intriguing. And uh, we, I, I loved the book and I uh, showed it to my Guruji. I said, look at this. It's kind of nice. It's a different approach. And uh, we said, okay. She got a copy. She read it. And then we thought, let's make a production out of this. So it's basically taking Kali the way she is uh, and Krishna. Each has their own uh, weapon or instrument, but something to hold, right? You got a, a kappar on one side or a, and a flute on one side. Now, how do they relate? It was really open to interpretation. The author just stated things and then we kind of sat and sat, uh, sat and thought about it. How do we portray this? Well, Kali and Krishna are linked. If you look at it this way, uh, Kali is the mother. She gives birth. As well as being the destroyer. Uh, looking at uh, some people, they see her as, as scary as she is. She is also the caretaker and mother figure. She's also the one who takes away life. She's scary. Mm. Uh, so you got two ends of life. The beginning of life and the end of life. Uh, the journey in between is Krishna. Hmm. Okay. Uh, look at his uh, stories from his childhood, uh, eating mud or sand, stealing butter to, to growing up with the gopis, uh, being the naughty one, um, being friends with Sudama, um, getting married, moving on to life. So the whole, all the stages of life, you can say is kind of you're passing through Krishna. Hmm. And she is here on these ends. So that's how we related this, this book um, and presented the story in front of an audience. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I went a little bit off on tangent, but that's how my curiosity then came in. And we started, with the help of my Guruji, we started looking at things and exploring ideas and um, yeah, things like that. Very fascinating tangent indeed. I was just looking it up on Amazon. It looks like it's in paperback form. It's available now. It hasn't gone out of print. So definitely want to check that book out. I just bookmarked it. And so you were kind of alluding to it in the terms of like the beginning and the end and Krishna tying it to it. In terms of like the dance and presenting it on stage, can you talk a little bit about how you kind of presented it on stage or what kind of movements did you incorporate? What kind of visual or, or, or music did you use? So I wanted, I'm very curious about that now. Yeah, we kept it very simple using mm -hmm. fully Kathak music, you know, nothing yeah. changed and Kathak medium, of course. Um, in this project, we went out and sought the help of uh, the amazing Kathak duo from Ahmedabad, Mauliksha and Ishira Parikji. Um, they worked with us on this project for a whole year. Uh, of course, we took our time and we didn't we didn't want to rush into coming up with things. But simply, like I explained, the the two ends of life and life in between, um, we presented it in this manner. Um, we used all available instruments to deliver the sound we want and even something like uh, like uh, damru to um, to 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 help in bringing in the mother and the the, the one who takes away life for kali basically and of course the flute then played a major role to show krishna 
we uh, used a cast of the main the main dancers my guruji maulik shahji ishrafa harikji myself some senior dancers um, and of course the the other students um visual aid which i really really love was so simple but it got the idea across was when we initially in the beginning of the production wanted to differentiate between the two and blend them in slowly um we simply made huge red bindis um uh, we got those um shiny material red and shiny and we put a stick on it uh, or beneath it 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 even looked like a like a giant ice cream when we were practicing with it so we used a big bindi and then some uh we made on the other hand kind of a teardrop shape of uh a peacock feather not an actual feather but we 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 cut out a teardrop uh shape and made that into these two little props and we use it in one of the dances to introduce the characters uh that was nice we also let me see we did use uh, we got them from india and they were a bit heavy so we were like how do we show the the sickle that uh, kali holds and we got them made from india and they were like about quite big maybe maybe 40 or 50 centimeters high um and and some flutes which we all sat and made using newspaper <laughs> um we used these also to depict both characters all in the beginning and then to 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 uh to help the audience later on uh we didn't use any props it was just completely relying on choreography um even giving birth uh the mother giving birth taking away life later um taking away life i had to take take it i was one of the demons that got killed um and in between for krishna we showed some really the highlight of his uh lives such as uh, makanchori uh, holy and uh, just um his life journey spending time with gopis and all of that so very very uh, a very very raw and simple way of just bringing it out to people uh without making it very complex for a non dancer to understand that way yeah um i thanks for like explaining all the props i think whenever i see production i just take the props for granted in the sense yeah they're props but you explaining how you physically made the flutes kind of kind of puts it into perspective that the work that goes into everything that kind of comes on stage so thanks we made every that. single one of these yeah oh okay and is that common for for you or is this like a special in in this is a, like an edge case where you had to make all the props what's it, what's your experience been in terms of productions and props do you usually end up making your uh we ended up making them because you're not you know we were looking for something that suits our taste and what we want to deliver so it's like okay let's just make it mm. you're not going to find anything uh, out there so arts and crafts stores and uh cutting and uh gluing and all mm. of that work and th- that's the fun part is um maybe a few of us will stay back after rehearsal and hmm. you know every day contribute half an hour 45 minutes into making these things and um getting it ready right. it really gets us into the production hmm. you know while you're gluing or cutting around the the hmm. drawing you're like what what are we doing like what are we portraying what what is the message so we sit and talk to each other you know right instead of some rehearse and leave mm-hmm. so there's a lot more to it than just doing the hard work understood so kind of builds a little more camaraderie so, so to speak as well and clearly i'm just yeah. curious about this so now that you have these props from different shows do you like to collect a souvenir from every performance i know your costumes themselves in some way are souvenirs but do you like to come yeah. co- like collect memorabilia or souvenirs from everything and just store them inside 
as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. It's really nice going back and seeing those those things you've collected. Uh, say like these props or um or a really really nice looking dupatta which you thought will complement your outfit and you used mm-hmm. it to show that one character and then you come across it five years later and like, hey, that was a nice thing. Yeah. That was a nice performance. Um certificates, mementos, of course, which we get are always uh very dear but yes i do like collecting stuff understood yeah and uh i think this would be she talked about reading this one book and that kind of inspired this whole production uh that brings me to my next question khalil so from what i understand you recently completed your master's degree and so in india it's like right now you need almost need a master's degree to get into weight eating profession. Uh, for you, I wanted to understand. From what I understand, the master's degree in Kathak, uh, like it's more rigorous, there's a lot more theory. Uh, so for you, how has it evolved your Kathak, changed your Kathak in any way? What has uh, what has that experience like getting that degree? Mm. Um, first of all, I got into doing the degree just out of curiosity hmm. i didn't want to have that uh, you know like uh backing from a degree when i go teach um i just thought it will be a fun experience and um, you know just uh, just another way to delve deeper and i really realized that when i got into it and I've been wanting to do it since I finished my bachelor's in 2013, but it was just not working out. And it wasn't, um, no matter what university I approached, it was just a difficult admission process being from outside India. You're not trying to do everything online and trying to have someone pick up the line and talk to. So um, randomly in 2019, I messaged uh, Shambhavi Dandekar, Shambhavi Tai. And I said, by any chance, do you recommend uh, our master's program? And she said, yes, let me let me email the director of the school and, uh, you know, try Bharti Vidyapi. Um, it, the process was so smooth. I just registered and I found myself in a master's program. Now, it didn't hit me until things got real. I, when I read the syllabus, I thought, oh my God, what are these topics? Some of them I have never come across. Neither will I have. Neither will I have the, the you know, one day, okay, let me pick up a book and find out what this means. I don't think I would do that. So it really, really pushed me through. Um, the way I was doing the program is self-preparation because I'm not in India. Now I'm working here, I'm teaching. So they said, all right, you just come and uh, you don't want to move here. Uh, Come and give the exams. You're going to have to prepare all the theory stuff by yourself. I said, okay, fine. Um, And for for context, like uh, the students in India, are they attending classes and learning the theory in classes and you're kind of just on your own reading and asking questions? Yes, yes. Wow. That the that's the thing is is uh I saw okay, first semester the the material wasn't that tough. Let me get my answers by myself mm-hmm. and I prepared it. Uh, it came out to a 12, 12 to 15 page um theory answers, you know, everything put together. Uh <laughs> I thought, all right, I got this. I go to India, I reach uh, Pune for the, the first time. And uh, I meet up with a with a girl who became friends uh, immediately and decided to help uh, Moshmi. me. She's like, uh, okay, so you got you're all ready for theory exam tomorrow. I said, yeah, uh, but just just look at my notes, you know, just uh, maybe I'm missing one or two things. She's like, she looked at it, she's like, okay, they're good. Um, but you're missing a few points here. You need this. You need to add this. You need to add that. I said, I said um, and your what, exam's tomorrow. What happened here? But yeah, my exam is tomorrow. Luckily in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I said, um, 
Are my notes bad? She's like, no, 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 they're good. You're missing a few points here and there. Luckily, she she was she was so helpful. She helped me out with it. And I asked her, I said, uh, where, where did I go wrong? What did I miss in preparation? She's like, well, we've been having the lectures here. Yep. Um, yeah, weekly lecture. And a lot of things get covered in the lecture. So don't feel bad. But if you're going to prepare by yourself, this is... Expect this. <laughs> uh, so that was a big shocker. Another thing that I learned uh, was the preparation for the practical exam. Hmm. Um, I've taken exams before, like certifications for Prachin Kala Kendra or uh, Prayab Sangeet Samiti. I've taken those. Um, you know, I, my Guruji would uh, prepare me in the US and that was in the initial days. Um. And we would have the examiner come in and, and give an exam. But that was not like the master's exams. And plus taking it in, in India was just different. I really, I, I'm used to performing and everyone said, oh, it's just a performance, you know, just go on stage with full confidence, um, show them what you prepared. But I didn't feel like that. If, I was so stressed out for my first exam mm -hmm. um, because uh, so what I did was I went for the theory exam, came back to Bahrain because I had my students rehearsals going on for a big show we have coming up. And I went again five days later for four days for the practical. So I really had time for two quick rehearsals with the musicians. First of all, I... Uh, Thanks to Prajakta Tai. Uh, I said, oh, let's meet. She said, yes, we're having, uh, we're having rehearsals starting at 7 or 8 a.m. So we're going to be here till 10, maybe. Drop in. I go in and I said, oh, my God, beautiful rehearsal. That was really nice. She's like, yeah, this girl is preparing for her exam. I said, oh, really? Okay, that was nice. Um, do you have any advice for me she said yeah you know just be confident if you answer with confidence prepare uh, really well whatever is asked in the syllabus you got to include the things that are asked in the viva as well along you have to prepare those along with the the the, the practical requirements like the practical requirements, the core requirements, say for the first semester, you need to have a vandana, pal, a detailed presentation, and then you got to have an abhinaya piece. So I prepared that. And the viva kind of roughly prepared. I didn't understand what viva was. And then some of my friends said, oh, it's, it's the oral exam. You know, you need to. Oh, so that must be an Indian thing we use specifically like in the. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I didn't know what viva was. It is an Indian thing. Okay. 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 Um, yeah. So then they said, no, as much detail and you prepared the, all the practical stuff for the musicians, you got to prepare the viva in the same way as well. I said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm performing tomorrow morning. Mm. Uh, so, so that's what the first semester was a really, really a learning experience. Um, and even Manisha Tai was there. Manisha Sateji, she, she was really helpful. Let me say this. Mm. She, um, she uh, took my... Uh, what do you call the, the, like a midterm? What is that called? The midterm exam. Let me call it a midterm. Sure. Internal exam. Okay, I understand. She took my internal exam uh, a month before going, and that was on Skype. And first time I ever met her on Skype, or ever. She was taking your internal yeah, exam? She was. Yes. Wow. <laughs> she took good. my internal exam, and... I was nervous to begin with, but she made me feel at ease almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and she said, this is my student, Valerie. And do you need help when you're here? I said, yes. Um, with the musicians, I would really appreciate help. I don't know anyone in Pune. It's my first time. 
okay, Valerie will take care of you. And we started messaging, arranging. She she hooked me up with the musicians that the other students are using. We were all appearing at on the same mm. uh, at the same time, same day. Yeah. Uh, called me in for rehearsals. She did parhant for me. And the day I reached for my practical, uh, two days before I was having a cold, and it was really bad. Manisha Tai saw me in rehearsal, which was at her house also. Because mm-hmm. Valerie take him to the doctor. It was a Sunday. No um, practitioner was open. They called up the family doctor, opened up her clinic, and she took me there. I started feeling better, all in preparation for the practical the next day. Hmm. So they really, really embraced me with huge open hands. Um, from Manisha Tai to Valerie to Moshumi to another friend I met, Kirti, Everyone, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I posted about it immediately when I left. I thought, Pune, thank you very much. I had to thank the whole city for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not only the hospitality that I liked. Mm-hmm. Some people might not like this, but I found discipline. Mm-hmm. in Pune, which I didn't see in other cities. From starting rehearsals on time, sticking to time, that's the most important thing, to being there starting at 7 a.m., I I didn't come across this before. Mm. Um, I've performed with musicians in India and in different cities uh, up north. And um, yeah, let's meet up at 10. That's the earliest and then you don't really get to start until 11 11 30 because everyone is showing up half an hour 15 minutes late hmm. but the discipline i saw in pune when it comes to that when it comes to the musicians memorizing everything you want sincerely hmm. and playing it just the way you want Right. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do that, but you always get sometimes yeah. some musicians who like to add their own touches. But his or her own touch might not fit the mood that you wanted and that you requested at that moment. So it kind of just uh ruins it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. And and sometimes uh, me being a young, you know, new and young, I, I you can't say that much. Um, so it really just puts you off. Mm-hmm. But Pune, I admire their, their, their talent, their dedication. Um, it was just mind-blowing. Hmm. And I always said it, and I always tell them, you guys are really surprised me every single time. Hmm. Yes. The, the way the, the preparation that the students uh, did, uh, the dedication, um, how they prepared the syllabus, for example, yeah. or how they're preparing for a performance. Um, I visited one of Project Katai's classes uh, elsewhere. It was a huge hall. Yeah. The, the group of 30 or 40 girls were dancing inside Mm. he was having a meeting about a performance with her senior students on the side while she has an eye on them yeah but they just kept going on and on and on i thought they had a performance coming up but when i asked her she's like oh no they're just revising their content from from year one and they're in year five they're just revising everything from start to finish i'm like wow okay they just come in on a Sunday and practice everything you've ever done. And there was no one to, to monitoring them. They were just doing it sincerely. Um, Lehra's on. No one is doing parhant. They're just like, okay, the next piece is this. Yeah, all right. And mentally, they're all doing parhant together. Hmm. It was beautiful to see the synchronization with no one saying anything except for the tabla and lehra going on hmm. and them dancing. Okay. So they all started together, so, ended at the same time, went to the next one, and it just kept 
Yeah, so let's say the, the, they're from different levels. Yeah. Let's say they are from year five, six, seven. Right. And they'll start together. And if there's something you don't know, you just get on the side. Yeah. And come back when you know peace, okay. for example. Something oh. you didn't learn, you just go on the side, wait for it to be done. Everyone does it. Come back. <laughs> like something you haven't learned yet. So that's a dedication. In, in every school I have visited, mm. maybe two or three, but that's the dedication that I admire. And I try to bring that and apply it here mm. in Bahrain, in my school. And it works. <laughs> Understood. Um, yeah, I will say, like, I when you said master's and you did it, like, as a correspondence, I thought everyone was doing a correspondence. It's very impressive that you were doing a correspondence course while everyone was doing it in class because i've done my master's like electrical engineering in class i cannot imagine showing up on the day of the exam and actually pulling that off because a lot of like the context for the exam is established in the lectures because as you talk to the professor yes. you realize what they want what they want to see how you solve these questions what do you focus on all those things you kind of get there so yeah, yeah. that's really remarkable Khalil. And coming to my next question, you talked, you know, you can, you start, you talked about, you know, working with all these artists and how they helped you. And that kind of brings me to our next question, Khalil. So, cause one of the things I noticed on your Instagram profile is that you take to, you make an effort to bring other artists into your life, whether that's bringing them, whether that's they're the examiners for your students, or you're actually flying, you're kind of bringing them to Bahrain for them to have a workshop and your students learning from them, or even them performing in Bahrain. So I wanted to know how does that process work? How do you bring someone on? Who do you like to work with? Or And yeah, just the process of bringing an artist over to Bahrain and kind of giving them the platform. Just wanted, very curious about how that process works. The, the process of bringing artists or um, and any visiting professor to, to Bahrain is very easy. Hmm. This habit I learned from my Guruji in the US. Okay. Um, we would host, uh, for example, Malik Shaji or um, his amazing dancer wife, Ishra Pariji. We would host them or one by one. We would host, uh, uh, we've had Vidhalalji, Abhimanyu Lalji. Um, so the idea of hosting people and exposing the students yeah. was hers. And that kind of got ingrained. And I loved it because that was one thing we would really look forward to in every year, other than the performance, the annual performance. Mm -hmm. um, everyone loved it, from the smallest, youngest to the to the most senior student. Mm. Um, and I tried to immediately apply that here. Um, when I find people are really receptive of the idea. Uh, being outside India, you're not going to see Tathat performances on a weekly basis. And when you say people, not you really. mean the students or like just audience who wants to appreciate art? Uh, everyone, everyone. My students, their parents, and the audience. Okay. Understand. You're not going to have performances every week here. Mm -hmm. In Bahrain, that too, we're lucky if we have it twice a year. Right. And twice a year, that is, uh, I'll take the credit, one I'm organizing, for example, <laughs> be, it my, <laughs> be it my students or myself, whatever okay. way it is, or if I get invited. Yep. We don't see Qatar. So mm -hmm. when I say, listen, I have a meeting with my parent, my students' parents and everyone said, we're going to have, we're going to host an artist from India. Uh, her name or his name is this. And we're going to do a workshop. We're going to do leg them whatever it is we're going to do uh, just a meet and greet and they love the idea mm -hmm. um they want to get immersed i realized when you bring in a guest dancer to the classroom last time i had tejaswini uh, tai sate mm -hmm. she came as an examiner right and i said listen while you're here would you like to Come to come to class. We'll have an hour and a half session and open it to everyone mm -hmm. and really no agenda. 
if you feel like teaching, you feel like talking, you whatever it is. Yep. Uh, the students simply were, you know, like, oh my God, why can you please do this again? Mm-hmm. Because they just interacted. Um and and you know, one of the students came and said, you know, it's so nice to talk to famous people because we always feel like we can't talk to them and they're always on stage and we get scared. But this was nice, mm. you know, just sitting and talking to a famous person. I said, it's not only famous, but you're talking to another Catholic dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot out there. I want you guys to all be as open-minded as me. There's a lot out there. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ideas. There, there is, for example, many ways to interpret one Torah or one Param. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, many ways to do Tattar. And they can see that uh, they will get some demonstration. They get to interact and dance. So they like it. Now, um, I also try to do the programs. Uh, for for the audiences, for the general audience here, um, again because of lack of it in Bahrain, there's really not much tatla going on. Um, so they like to see that change. Uh, and and even my students, I said, you know what, I feel you're getting bored of me. I just really step aside. I step back whenever mm-hmm. a visiting teacher has come. Yeah. I joined the students all the way in the back. I said, I feel you're getting bored of me or about to get bored of my face. Now, try something new. <laughs> so we really love to do that. Um, interactions and hosting other artists. Uh, and we always look forward to it. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see now who's going to be next and who we can. And um I like to say one thing also that I don't necessarily, um, how do I say this? I, I have to be politically correct. When I host or if I decide to, it's not just about uh, what I can get from that person. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what material can I get? Can you teach me some items? No. It's more like, how can you benefit the Bahraini audience. Yeah. First. First. Um, so that means that being said, I like to have a different person come every time. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not going to stick to one and just be with that person religiously every year. You got to come back every year. No, no, no. Right. I like to give a variety. Mm hmm. Um, you can see in some of my programs, uh, the last two uh, student recitals, they were on YouTube. And every time I kept a guest performance after the students showcase. Right. So the first time it was online, I had uh, my um, master's mate, Moshimi, came in as a guest. Mm. So they got to see in Manisha Thai style who is um, Gopi Krishna Ji style, mm-hmm. um, female dancer. The following year, male dancer. Mm. Twist things up a little bit, a completely different style of Kadam Parik, who's a student of Malik, Malik Shani Shiraji. Okay. So Kadam brought in a whole different aspect. They were like, oh my God, it was just the movements, the, the opposite chapters he was taking and the way he was moving, uh, it was so different than last year, but we equally enjoyed. Right. I said, well, I'm, I'm glad. Then Tejaswini Thai luckily came here and they got to see that performance. So I like to shuffle things around and expose them to what's out there, what is good out mm. there. So, yeah, we all love doing it. So I'm really looking forward to see Mm-hmm. Who's going to be coming this year and who we're going to host? I haven't decided. I know my dates for my program, but mm. let's see. <laughs> let's see indeed. Uh, so I guess coming to Bahrain and the audience, 
Khalil, I think that can segue into our next topic as well. Uh, so as you're kind of figuring out who you want to bring and you have that perspective of the Bahraini audience, I guess a couple of questions here in the sense, what does the Bahraini audience like to see in terms of art and Kathak? And do you coach your the people who are coming in in terms of like, hey, this is what the audience is like, or do you just let them do what they want to do? I mean, not let them do, but do you just let them come in without any expectations whatsoever? Um, audience is very uh, receptive. Achoo. They haven't seen Kathak much. Yes. So whatever you do, they they will be like, yes, give us some more. Mm. We, we love it, you know. Um, yeah. And I try to do a variety in my performances, first of all, mm. to, to give a different taste of everything. Sure. Um, I stick to traditional items. Yeah. Um, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do host someone, we we sit and kind of discuss together before they come in. What do you think we should do? Shall we present? That's the first thing is, shall we present something regular, which we can select and have a variety of items, a little bit of tal, a little bit of abhinay and so on? Mm-hmm. Or shall we experiment a little bit into... Uh, doing a thematic project um, and presenting that. Now, the, we would always lean towards going to something more thematic and presenting a new concept and idea, but me not being there, honestly, it kind of loses that spark that we initially had. It's like, okay, how do we work this out? Um the concept, the music, you know, just sometimes you need to physically be there. Hmm. Sometimes it fizzles out, but I, I haven't lost hope yet. So we end up going to sticking to pieces and maybe some fusion pieces here and there. Yeah. People love, uh, audiences love fusion pieces. Right. Um, uh, so, so yeah, the audience here, how shall I say? Is the best. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, they don't necessarily know how to watch and appreciate Patak mm-hmm. because there's a lot of Bharatanatyam and other dance forms. They yeah. don't know how to interact with Patak. Yeah. So I took that opportunity and said, "Hey, they're all, um, uh, uh, they're all fresh. They don't know." So mm-hmm. let me start with it. Now, if anyone comes to perform, you will hear that necessary applause, for example, after a Tattarf segment. Okay. You will hear it at the end, of course. You will hear that wah wah, you know, oh. in between. You will hear it. Yes. Okay. Um, I had to train people, you know, even in the in the performance, I said, this is how it is done in Qatar mm. due to historical factors. Okay. So if you feel like it, please go for it. You know, mm. no, don't think you're interrupting a performance. Yep. And we like it. We feed off of this. So, right. so it it was good to to train and shape the audience this way. Whoever That's has come says, says, I really loved the audience here. The the way they're mm. appreciating. It felt like performing in India. Hmm. And that's a the biggest compliment we can get. Yeah, absolutely. And on <laughs> and speaking of Bahrain, I'm just on a side note, Khalil, I'm very curious about this. So since like have you been able to incorporate any stories of Bahrain when it comes to its history, its independence and uh, its culture? And or have you been able to do that or do you, you see any potential of you incorporating the stories of your country into Kathak stories and kind of presenting that? Or has that opportunity presented itself? I have thought about it mm-hmm. because there's a lot of uh, works in Arabic, in the Arabic language, which can be, you know, uh, depicted through storytelling and actions and abhinay and all of that. Yeah. It can be done very well. I have not yet worked on it. Okay. Um, I want to. I have a big interest. And there is demand. People have asked me this a lot. You know, you are Bahraini. You speak Arabic. You yeah. know the language. Um I know a, a group of 
amazing uh, local artists who play the local music, yeah. or Arabic music in general. And mm. I can just see it. Every time I come across a performance, I can see. Yeah. But I'm waiting for the right moment. Mm. Makes sense. It's a it's a big it's a big uh, uh, experimental project, which I think will be very beautiful and very um, you know, which will yeah. be in demand, something unique and different. Yes. Um, but I'm letting it happen as it will organically. Yep. Yes. Yes. Organically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Plus, you're like uniquely positioned to do it, and whenever it'll happen, it'll happen. And yeah, so looking forward to where you go with that, whenever that is. And yeah. I guess kind of uh, on the like coming to like uh, just uh, kind of wrapping up things here, Khalil. Um, talking about the being the only, like you know, it seems like you know, in, in terms of uh, kind of setting the stage for that question, you know, you started, you talked, you talked about a point where you were the only male dancer. You talked, you talk, we are talking about now where you might, you have one of the only schools in Bahrain. You are responsible for, by just by calculations, 50% of all Kathak in Bahrain if there are two performances a year. Um, so that way, a lot, you know, in a way, you're kind of the torchbearer for Kathak in Bahrain that way, right? Uh, so that's, that's responsibility. That's also like, you have the influence to kind of shape Akatak, you like you said, you co you literally coach the audience as to how they should be appreciating it. How do you deal with that responsibility? How I know it feel for to, to me it would feel like a huge shoulder, a lot to carry. Uh, how do you deal with that responsibility? It is a big responsibility. Yeah. Sometimes overwhelming. Yep. Because uh, okay, now you have a following, you have an audience. Um, they come and ask. Yeah. What's next? What's next? What are you doing? Um, yeah. When are we going to? What is the next thing we're going to see? When is it? I said, please let me breathe. I just finished a really big one, uh, yeah. the the big production, or let me mm. recover from from this. Yes. Um. This thing is really amazing. I have a big and an amazing support group. Mm who are just from my students around me, um, like my seniors, um, um, sorry, uh, adult students yeah. or uh, students' parents. Mm -hmm. And they're all from different walks of life. Yeah, Everyone can pitch in and take care of one thing. Yep. So I have this backing behind me. Wonderful. And uh, they push me. Yep. Let's do this. Let's do that. I say, hey, listen. I have an idea coming for April. Why don't we mm -hmm. try doing one thing? And they're like, okay, we're ready. Mm. So that's that's really good. Right. Um, to satisfy audiences, I have to really think outside the box in terms of... Um, they kind of have an idea now what Katak is about. Yeah what a Kathak performance might entail. Mm -hmm. Now they want to see thematic stuff. Hmm. I I've heard this. Why don't you, you know, the Bahraini audience wants to see something based on a theme, a story, present a story. Right. A whole hour production revolving around a story. Mm -hmm. Because that's what's going on here. Okay, that's kind of the trend in the arts right now. Yes. In Bahrain, that's the scene. So storytelling is the... Storytelling. They mm -hmm. just want to sit for an hour like they're watching a, a movie. Oh. Something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, okay, there's a storyline. Um, it, um, you know, gets the mood, some emotion, amazing dance movements, choreography. That's the scene here and people are used to that. Mm-hmm. That's not my cup of tea, to be honest. Yet. <laughs> Yet, at least. <laughs> the reason the reason is maybe I've just been teaching for four or five years in Bahrain. Yeah. I have a I have a few. My 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 most senior is let's say an interlevel, yeah, uh, intermediate level dancers. Yeah. I don't want the I don't want to put that on them to push them and 
could a, a make a big scale production completely relying on intermediate level dancers. Understood. They won't be ready because for that. Yeah. They might. Oh. Fine. I'll train them. Yeah. But if you know, you know that level of of that level of um, how do I say crispness the which you get from a uh, um, advanced dancer. Mm. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone asked me this. Someone very close. I said, "Don't take it personally, but I don't want to put my dancers out there for just for the sake of putting up a performance and satisfying my audience." Nope. Yep. Yeah. Give me two, three more years when mm-hmm. they're really good yeah. and amazing. They're 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 good dancers. Yes. I and I send them off to performances here and there. But mm-hmm. when they're the level I want, because I want to stick out. So far, we stand out in the Qatar community and dance community in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. My school, my students stand out very proudly. I will say this. So I'm not going to jeopardize that and put up something just for to please the audience. I want to use my dancers at the right time when they're ready. Okay. Then you will be pleased. Hmm. I want to shock you when they get on stage. I don't want you to be happy. I want you to be shocked in a good way. Like, wow. Okay. So please be patient as much as you love my work. <laughs> I, told, mm-hmm. I said, please wait, wait. Good times are coming. <laughs> Good times are coming indeed, Khalil. Uh, <laughs> so coming to my last question, Khalil, uh, wanted to know about your why. So it's, you know, the path you've taken on isn't like, isn't laid out. It hasn't been done before in the sense of your country, the way you're doing it. You've taken on some difficult challenges in terms of the career that you've chosen and the path you've chosen for your life. So, wanted to know what's your why? What drives you every day? What pushes you towards the, you know, kind of uh, standards that you've set for yourself, your audience, and even your students? What drives me? Yeah. Right. What drives me is the work that's going on in India. For any any dancer outside India, we always want to achieve that because of so much competition in India. So you see the best being produced. That's what drives me. Success. Standing out and being special. Um, I have a whole line of inspirations in front of me. Dancers who inspire me on a daily basis. That's what drives me. Their, their speeches, their lectures, uh, sometimes a video I have seen already two times, but I will go back and revisit. That's what drives me my inspiration. Um, another thing is wanting to give and satisfy the thirst for Qatar we have here in Bahrain. People are thirsty. The, the students, they're like, we've been looking for someone. Where have you been? Hmm. I'm here. Come, you know. Let, let's let's do this. Um, that's what drives me. You know, the thirst for the knowledge, for the for the for the arts. Mm-hmm. People want that. Not only that, but they want high quality, and I make sure I give that. Which is. Uh, I also another point I'm very happy about our school here in Bahrain. We are giving the same quality and level of uh, that anyone in India would get. Hmm. Don't think because we are in Bahrain or outside India or an Arab country mm-hmm. that it's going to be something jeopardized or you know not the same quality. But my students, some of them who unfortunately have to go back to India, continue from where they left off here, mm-hmm. and they are able to understand. You know, that I look forward to when I when I get a phone call and they said she took part in this uh, school competition for Qatar and she got first place. That's motivating, mm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I that's what keeps me going. And I, I love doing what I'm doing and I need to maintain it and I have to, you know, keep up expectations in sort of way, yeah. especially being a male dancer. And from an Arab background. Mm-hmm. Um, and starting late. 
I only started at 17, hmm. started learning. So I have to, uh, keeping all these points in mind, I have to, you know, um, work hard. Um, as, as difficult as it gets, uh, let me tell you, Pramit, maybe you've yeah. heard it from other dancers. Being outside India with your Guruji not being there, it's hard to get motivated and put on your ghungrus and practice. Yeah. Yeah. But then we see these factors around us and really that's what pushes me and drives me every single day. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, let's see. You talked about, <laughs> uh, I'm just recapping here. So you, you talked about the people who you look up to and the work they're doing in India and that driving you. You talked about the audience, the thirst for them have wanting to learn more, your students wanting to learn more and how you've seen your students kind of hold their own even when they kind of have to go somewhere else. And Ooh. yeah, thanks for kind of sharing all of that. It was really powerful. And uh, yeah, with that kind of bringing this episode to a close, uh, thanks a lot for coming on, Khalil. I will say that, you know, I think this year I was, I was I've been kind of slowing down on interviews and after speaking to I remember why I started this in the first place. It was fun. I'm going to start doing more of these, like, but a faster, more, like a more rapid frequency. So, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And I, I really love that you reached out and you were curious, um, genuinely curious, I felt, about my journey and, mm -hmm. um, in dance well, i really enjoyed it and i think your your discussions and questions in general with everyone are quite uh, thought-provoking and really interesting to hear the answers to them mm -hmm. thank you you're welcome